my podcast. This is the first ever episode where you get to see me and like see what I'm actually doing. So I'm so excited that um, this is our first audiovisual podcast and we're going to see just how well this goes right now. I'm aware that everything's a little bit flipped right now. Uh, that's a backwards S and this says eulage Nisi. Okay, I try I try to do that backwards. It just says July is in 26 days. I think it gives away the date. <laughs> well, I guess now you guys know what date it is. But, you know what I'm saying? However, we're going to go ahead and get started with this podcast. So, I'm actually going to... Y'all going to see the production. Okay, the production. So... Can, can you hear the podcast voice? <laughs> yes. Well, welcome to Everything Under the Sun, and that is under without an E. I am your host, Sabby Speaks, and I'm back with another podcast episode. So if you're new here to Everything Under the Sun, this is a podcast where we talk about like literally everything under the sun, but we take it from a spiritual perspective. And so no matter what we talk about, we're always tying in some type of scripture, some type of spirituality into it. And so if you didn't know, I'm Christian. And so there's a lot of Bible references and the Holy Spirit just be moving. So if you can't handle that, I, I don't know that. I think they say the thing is too hot that you get out of the kitchen or you get laxative, something like that, something like that. But that's just that's just how we roll around here. So if you're not following God, please, please do. And alongside following God, follow me on social media so you can find my instagram at sabby speaks s-a-b-b not v-v s-a-b-b-y speaks at um on instagram yes yeah last time i was trying to get my facebook out but i was like it's a little something something so yes you can follow my my instagram at that site this is gonna be so interesting oh my goodness because i'm always um whenever i record the podcast like y'all don't see me so like all the mistakes that I make and all of this. I try not to cut it out because I want it to be like as authentic as I want it to be. But y'all just getting out of snippets. So, mm, you know, God bless because we're actually, we're, we're, we're doing things. In the beginning, I was just at college and I was in my room and I had my phone and I was just clicking the record button. But then, glory be to God, he opened doors for me to have like a studio where they had headphones, podcasts, mixers and all that. And so now that I'm home, I have like my own studio. Plus, yeah, what's the plus? Now we got visual. And so hopefully, you know, soon enough, somebody's out there and they're very generous. You can be my sponsor. You can sponsor me with some cameras, with some, some, you know how you do, dash me, dash me, dash me some good things. But I'm going to go ahead and get started with the weather check. Okay, so I'm in Lawrenceville, Georgia. The high is, hey, forgive, forgive me, please, 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 one second, one second. It's not giving me the high and the low. I don't know why. But I just tell you the weather. It's 82 degrees, okay? It is very, very hot. It said it was going to rain, but it's looking very, very hot outside. And, yeah, so it's 82 degrees. But it is hot over here under the sun. And so if you don't know, hot stands for humble, open, and transparent at Transformation Church. But here we call it hot. Yay. We call it, what do we call it? We call it, oh, gosh. Hold on. I'm going to cancel this because I see somebody's watching. Please. One second. <laughs> so I just hopped off real quick. I got scared because I have someone who just joined my live and I was like, I thought this was private, but okay. So I'm back. Um, but as I said, um, I don't even remember what I was saying. Wow. This is interesting. The video part. It's, it's, it's making me very nervous. I don't even get nervous like that, but I'm getting very nervous. <sighs> okay. So when we get nervous, what do we do? We sing in auto-tune. So if you're a viewer and it's your birthday, I just want to say happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear listener. Happy birthday to you. All right, now that we got, oh, am I back to normal? Okay, yes. So now that we got that out of the way, I just wanted to go ahead and introduce my topic for today. So um, if you're new here, 
what we do, we give the weather check and we let y'all know that it's hot over here under the sun. And that stands for honest, open and transparent. And so on this podcast, I actually get really honest. Sometimes I go back and I'm like, why did I say that? Because we're really keeping it hearts over here. We're keeping it very, very hearts. Yes. And so with that being said, we soak up vitamin D on certain topics. So today we're soaking up some vitamin D um, on a topic I like to call ministry moments. And I call it ministry moments because I feel like ministry isn't what we think it is. Like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but every time I think of ministry, I think of like church. I think of singing. I think of something being done on the pulpit. Um, but that's that's not the entirety of what ministry is. And so, I don't know. I think I'm tired of seeing ministry being confined within the four walls of the church thinking that it's only these people that do ministry it's only if god has called you and god did not call me i i'm i'm the person that sits in the back seat uh god has called the person with the three-piece suit screaming jesus on the mic like i'm tired of that definition of ministry because it's confused me and i'm pretty sure it's confused like a whole bunch of people um and pertaining to what ministry is and so a lot of times i feel like we think that ministry is like okay let's say like we even say um ministering to someone um that's like sharing the gospel with someone we think that ministry is pertaining to our faith sharing our faith or it's doing something in church but it's not necessarily like that i feel like sometimes we forget that ministry is like on our way to church you cut me off and you flicking your finger off at me but then when we when we're at the church doors you're holding the door open for me it's like wait so you think that when you flicked me off that wasn't nothing but your your job as your 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 part to minister was you opening the door as a, as a door holder or for example like one of the worship leaders they probably like rolling their eyes at you and you're just like how are you going to sing worship after you just rolled your eyes at me and many times we would keep the singing aspect or the worship aspect and say that's ministry but the fact that they rolled their eyes at you and did all that that's ministry too and so whether it's good or bad we minister and so even to define ministry it's to help or to serve someone so whether you're helping or serving someone else or whether you're helping or serving yourself that is ministry and so um I want to say this when I I want to I want to be very direct when I say this that everyone is a minister. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or not. It doesn't matter if you're religious or spiritual. Everyone is a minister because for you to minister, it's to represent the lifestyle that you live. Like no matter what you do, you're always going to serve someone. You're always going to help someone. And the way you live your life is is ministry. So all in all, your lifestyle is ministry. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, how you do it and how you live your life, it is ministry. And so if you keep seeing me look over here, I'm just looking at my notes. But um, yes, yeah, so like I said, whether you believe in God or not, your lifestyle is a representation of what you serve. So if you serve Jesus, your lifestyle should be a direct determinant of the fact that you serve Jesus. Okay, we're going to get into uh, we're going to get into it because a lot of us sometimes we're like, "Oh yeah, you know, I believe in Jesus, but it's like the lifestyle kind of proves differently." And so um I just want to help someone know that you don't have to start calling me prophetess, deaconess, choir master, uh, archangel, bishop, Sabrina before I start helping you or before I start ministering to you, if that makes sense. I don't have to have all these titles. I don't have to be on a pulpit in order for me to minister to you. Ministry is my lifestyle. So the fact that I'm in school is the, the way I do my assignments, the way I take care of myself, that alone is ministry. So I don't need these titles. You don't have to, uh, like consider your prophet and your deaconess and your all these all these titles and stuff like that the things that we think is ministry it's it's not confined to that box of ministry and so i think with the understanding that ministry only happens in church we miss the fact that it's in our lifestyle we miss the fact that when you cook and cook with love that is ministry because my brother <laughs> we went somewhere the other day and he was just like the person that made this they didn't cook it with love like they just they just probably just made it and put it in a foil pan and served it but like you can tell when someone cook it with love and it's true like when someone cooks food with love you can taste it because it's a ministry and so things like that lifestyle the things that you do these things are considered ministry 
And so, like I said, to minister, it just means to serve. And so too many times we be out here with the worst attitudes ever, like just treating people like dirt and acting innocent at godly functions, thinking that the only ministry that matters is within the four walls of the church. And so it's like you're posting this and this and this and this and this about me on social media. But when you see me in person at church, you're acting all kindly. But you forgot that your posting was a ministry of your lifestyle. Like I think sometimes we think, Okay, whatever I do in front of people when it has to do something with God, we think that's ministry. But like, no, the fact that you tweeted and you and you were adding me without actually adding me, that's ministry, too, because it's showing me about your lifestyle. And so we need to understand that we can't be out here living life the way that we do thinking that like, okay, you know, when I get to church, I'm gonna be on my best behavior, but out here you're talking reckless, you're acting a fool, you're dressing like you don't know Christ, you're out here just doing things that don't show who you actually are. And so a lot of what I say is is pertaining to the body of Christ just because, you know, I'm not just gonna talk to anybody, you know what I'm saying, reckless. If if you're a child of God, I'm I'm I, I think I'm more so I I target a little bit more towards the body of Christ because I could be more direct and because we have a standard to uphold. And so, um, yeah, pretty much we just have to recognize that the moment you're not in front of people, you're ministering. The moment that you are in front of people, you are still ministering. And everyone is not going to see you preach the word. Everyone is not going to see you feed the poor. Everyone is not going to hear you sing in the choir, but they will see how you respond to life. They will see how you do your things, how you act in class, how you drive. Like, they will see these things even if they don't get to see the godly parts of you, but that alone is ministry. And I'm gonna give an example. Um, when I was in high school, this is when I was really like getting my relationship right with God. And um I, in one of my chemistry classes, there was someone who would always get bullied. Um, and I would see it and I wouldn't say anything. And mind you, I'm like building my relationship with Christ. And so I would see it and I would peep and I'm like, oh, I don't like that because that same person would like bully me too. And I would just try to like find a way to ignore it. And so I'm like, if they're bullying somebody else, uh, that's their own problem. But um, I remember I saw this person just messing with someone and I was just like, how can I, like I went home and I was just thinking, I was just like, Sabrina, like you should have done something. How can I stand here and better my relationship with God and think that I'm I'm doing all these great things, but when I see someone getting bullied, I can't say anything. And so from there, I started to like, try to like muster up the strength to be like, ayo, that's not cool, like stop, like chill out. And I remember I went to the person and I apologized and I was like, hey, I'm sorry. I know I saw them doing all these things and I didn't say anything, but I just wanna know that you deserve better than that. And they were like, they were, they were kind of confused. They were just like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I was just like, I felt bad within myself because if you saw me in church, you'd be like, oh yeah, she's a child of God. But in class, when you saw me, like if you were to see me just being a bystander and watching someone get bullied, you could not even tell I was a child of God. And you should, this is general, you should be a child of God without having to say so. Like without having to parade with the God following shirts and the God is dope and all of the, my Jesus peace, shout out to Miracle. Um, But if, People cannot tell you are a child of God without you having to say it. Then I think there are some things that you might have to redirect in your life. And I think this comes with the understanding that ministry is a lifestyle because a lot of us feel like we have to announce it. We have to say Jesus 10 times a day. Like I thought I had to. Um, We feel like we have to include the Holy Spirit in our conversations. Like, oh, the Holy Spirit told me this and this is the word of the Lord. And But it's like if you're doing all that, but you are not portraying what it is that you are preaching practice what you preach if you're not practicing what you're preaching then you're really confusing people out here honestly speaking so I just I just wanted to give that little example of myself because it was just like I'm doing all this but I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing if that makes sense and so all these things are ministry and so one reason why I'm even talking about this is because I got caught out um in college I have this one professor he's my Spanish professor uh my Spanish professor, shout out to him. Um, and he called me out cause he's a very devout Catholic, very, very, very devout. And so I visited him once in his office and we like to, like we were having conversations about God and we do this often. And he flat out told me that 
had I not said anything, he wouldn't have known that I was a child of God because the way I live my life. Now, let me tell you, to his class, either I was running late or I barely made it before he was there. So from his point of view, I was always late to class. My assignments, mm, I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. I wasn't doing the assignments as I should. I was getting C's and I took his class before. So he was just like, this is not you. Like you're, you're a BA student. Why are you getting C's? And I wasn't putting the effort I needed to in the class. And so he said, if you didn't tell me you're a Christian, I wouldn't have known because your lifestyle doesn't prove that. And so he told me the story about a Muslim that was in his class and the Muslim was always on time, always doing what he had to do. And he ended up giving a Quran, excuse me, a Quran to my professor. And like I said, he's a very devout Catholic. So um, he took it. I mean, I don't know if he was going to read it. Like, he's just like, I'm not going to like convert to Islam. But had I been on the edge about my faith, I would have considered him because I've seen his lifestyle and I know that he's a good minister of his faith. Now, had I given, you know, my professor a Bible, he would have been like, like, you're not proving anything to me because this is where you live in your life. You give me a Bible. Like, what of your life shows that this is legit? What about you is showing that like I should even consider Christianity. And so that alone, like it hit me in my chest. I was like, dang, like ministry is not just about praying and laying hands and preaching. It's about am I submitting my assignments on time? Am I am I even in class on time? And like I feel bad. Like yeah, I, I was late to class every day. I was running, running, running to class. So it was a clear sign that I needed to do better when it came to ministry because I thought ministry was what people see me do. I thought ministry was what um, what I was doing in church, what I was doing in Bible study, but it's not that. It's far beyond that. And so, you know, that made me go, error, four, four, error, four, error, error. <laughs> like, literally, it just, it just made me think, I need to change the way that I do and see things. And so, if we are really going to be disciples of Jesus, we have to be about it, not only by word, but by knowledge and by lifestyle. And so it's not just knowing the Bible, because do you know how many people know the Bible? So many of us were like raised in church. And so, you know, you know, the scriptures like this, like 12 times 12, 144. What is 13 times 13? You don't know because you stopped at 12, 169. So we know these things like John 3, 16. And if you know it, say with me in the King James Version. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So, so some of us could say this in our sleep, even if we're not living our lifestyles like it, because it's so ingrained in us from such a young age we were raised in the church. We know these things. However, it doesn't always translate within our lifestyles. It doesn't always show with the way that we do things. And so the Bible says that we should know them by their fruit. And so with that being said, what are the fruit? Like what are the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Like when the Bible says that we shall know them by their fruit, you should know someone based off of their lifestyle that the Holy Spirit is living in them. Or let me simplify that. You can tell that the Holy Spirit is living in someone by how they live their lives. And so what are the fruit? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness. Hold on, there's a song. There's a song that like is like, uh, a fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, Hey, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, check their fruit. Hey, hey, just as we identify a tree by its fruit, identify people by the things that they do. Looks can be deceiving and talk is cheap. Hebrews, <laughs> check their fruit okay no check out that song by kevin carter it's an amazing song and it helps you remember the fruit of the spirit but pretty much the bible was saying like not the bible the song was saying that looks are deceiving and talk is cheap we have to rightfully judge each other to know and see that the holy spirit is living in us and we judge that by fruit and so a lot of times love joy peace for uh patience forbearance and patience are like the same thing but if we see someone and their patience is really short. They're not really 
joyful. It's kind of hard to see how they love people. They're not really gentle. Then you, it's it's not that you think the Holy Spirit is not in them, but you just don't think that the Holy Spirit is in them. If that makes sense, you're not. You don't just think like, oh, the Holy Spirit is not in them, but it just doesn't take you there. But however, when you see someone with love, when you see someone with joy, when you see someone who has patience with people, then you think, hmm, there's something about them that that is different because a lot of people nowadays are not patient a lot of people nowadays do not want peace they want hollered 10 times 10 all day and so when we see these things and you see people with like a good head on their shoulders you know there's something about them and nine times out of ten is the holy spirit and if it's not the holy spirit it's godly principles that come from the bible or come from god without the god they just need a little sprinkle of the holy spirit so um, the Bible does say to rightfully judge. And I want to clear this up because a lot of times we be talking about some don't judge me unless, unless you be judged and God knows my heart. And that is true, but it's, a there's this common misconception that judging, like, I feel like we've switched the definition of what judging actually is. Like we think that judging is, oh, your shirt is ugly and you, uh, okay, it's a bad example. It's a bad example. But uh, a lot of times we kind of diminish the actual definition of judging because what people have done in the past is judged and condemned. And so now we think that the condemnation aspect is judging when it's not. That's condemnation. And I want to give you an example. For example, let's say um, you go to church and one of the older elder ladies is like, girl, your dress is too short. You know, if you keep wearing that, you're going to go to hell. Uh, you know, this is, this is, and they're talking about you. And now you feel as though because of your dressing, they said that you are going to go to hell. The hell part is the condemnation. The judging is by telling you that your dress is too short. Now they could have done that via the Holy Spirit, but because the condemnation came, it now alters the message the word judge, right? It can be used as a noun and it also can be used as a verb. And so a judge is a person and okay, let's, let's, let's handle the noun first. Um, a judge is a person that pretty much determines like the outcome of something. So if you go to court, if you go to trial, the judge is the person that, um, pretty much sits here, listens to both sides of the story and based off of the jury, based off of all the facts, they tell you your sentence, right? But then you have the verb judge, which means to discern or what do my notes say? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I lost where I'm at in my notes. But um, pretty much it's pretty much to judge or to it's to discern or to make a decision about something. That is what to judge the verb means. And so I think a lot of people who are in the victim see victim is that the word victim the people who often get offended have been judged and condemned and so now when anyone says anything about their character or anything to correct them they feel like they are being sentenced to hell or they feel like they're being condemned because people who have judged have thought that they were the judge and were condemning people when that's not your place. As a Christian, you are to rightfully judge. And this is Bible. This is Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. Um, the Bible says, what does it say? It says, do not judge by mere appearance, but judge, rightfully judge. And so without taking that out of context, if you go back to John chapter seven and read the entirety of uh, verses one to 24, this is about Jesus and he visits um, Jerusalem for the Feast of the Tabernacles. And there the the local priests and the Pharisees who always trying to get on Jesus, um, they were coming to him and trying to arrest him and debate whether he is actually the Messiah. Because at this time they were just like, who are you to come and say that you're God? Um, at the time, they were just saying, you did this and you did this, you did this, you have a demon. And Jesus was saying, but you do this as a Pharisee and you're a leader and you do this. And so don't judge me based off of what you see, but judge rightfully. And so as Christians, we actually have the ability to judge rightfully, judge with discernment, judge with the Holy Spirit, judge within your heart and in your mind and with the Holy Spirit that something is right or something is wrong or if something is from God. The reason why we do this 
And the reason why we have the ability to do this is because there are so many false teachers and false prophets out there. And so there are a lot of people who say the name of Jesus. Let me say false ministers too. There's a lot of people who say the name of Jesus, but when you look at their lifestyle, when you look at the things that they do and they say, kind of like, what Jesus you serving? Because my Jesus wouldn't approve that. And so this is why as Christians, we have to rightfully judge whoever we're listening to. We have to rightfully judge who we consider Christians around us. If someone in your circle is like, oh yeah, I'm a full devout Christian. I do this and this and this. But every time they are are oppressed, they're trying to smoke weed and, and get drunk so they can flush out their emotions. Then you can know from the Bible that the Bible says to be sober minded and to cast your cares unto God and to not get drunk. Then you like using those things that, that God says, you would be able to discern and be like, now you say, you know what I'm saying? You say you down for Christ, but you're showing a little uh, symptoms of not Christ. And so with that, it's not for us to be like, you saying all this, but you're not it, so you're going to hell. But it's more so, hey, so you said you're a Christian and I'm here to support you as another Christian. This is what the Bible says. And this is how we are to live our lives. And so based off of what you have said and what you have showed me and based off of how we're supposed to live our lives, I'm seeing a disconnect and have a conversation with people. I think it's very, very important that we do this without the condemnation aspect. Because first of all, who is you? Who are you as another Christian to condemn another Christian and say, you're going to hell for this? Or uh, God going to get you for that? Like there, there are certain ways to go about things. And I think one of the main things that we need is relationship. It's very hard for someone to take criticism from you when you don't even got a relationship with them. Whenever the Holy Spirit is backing you up, there's a reason why he is using you to speak to them, you know, because sometimes it is a confirmation and they needed to hear it from another person because the Holy Spirit be speaking. We, we just be thinking like they just thoughts in our in our minds. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will actually use a person to call you out or let me say call you in so that you can pay attention. And so relationship is needed for that. Um, I find it very, very hard for other people, or I've heard that it's harder to receive criticism from someone you don't know. Like, how are you going to see me on the street, talk about some this, 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 but you don't even know me? Versus if it's your mom's or your friend or, or your brother, someone who actually cares about you or your church leader. When you know they actually care for you and they're actually looking out for you, then it changes the way that the message is received. And so... For the person who is calling in a friend um, in the faith, I highly, highly, highly recommend if the Holy Spirit is telling you to say it, say it, be bold enough and say it. But if the Holy Spirit is just telling you, hey, like pray about it, but don't say anything, then keep it at that. And if you're the person where someone is like, hey, you know, as a brother and sister in Christ, I want to let you know that I've seen you do this and I don't think it's right. Don't be quick to pop off. Don't be quick to, well, how about the time that you did it with Deshaun? And you like, let's not be quick to, to go, like to just play ping pong with each other. Let's take the time to like simmer, think about it, pray on it and receive what someone else is saying. Cause I think it's hard for us to even, it's hard for us to I don't even know. Like sometimes I feel like it's so much harder to call out or call in another person in Christ because it's almost like, but who are you? And it's like, dang, but if the Holy Spirit is actually telling like, and it sucks because the Holy Spirit could actually be telling you to like say something. But like when a person responds, it's like, dang, Holy Spirit, did you actually like tell me or was, you know what I'm saying? Was it all in my head? So um, I guess, for example, there was a season in my life where we call it a season of slumber where I wasn't where I needed to be in my spiritual walk. I was like, it's like sleeping. I was sl slumbering. Um, so I woke up and I was praying more and I realized that, oh God, I strayed off of my path. So I made a post on Instagram and I was like, um, I'm waking up from my season of slumber. Oh, I'm waking up from my season of slumber and this, 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 this. And I remember who the FI is. And I was like, <laughs> as a, as the minister Nicki Minaj would say, I know who the FI is. And da, 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 da. and you know, one of my friends like hit me up and they were like, Sabrina, like, I know you. Like, what are you like? What are you talking about? Like, pretty much. I mean, they said it in a, a little more aggressive way, and I was like. Who are you? Like, how are you going to come for me and talk about some uh, this, 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 this? But 
when I took it to the Holy Spirit, he was just like, yeah, Sabrina, now you know you can't really be cussing on your page like that. Like, that's not even you. And when I sat down and I thought about it, I was like, okay. So I went to go and I changed it. And that's the type of, that's the type of rebuke I feel like we need nowadays. Like, we need friends who are sincerely looking out for us. And when they tell us, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? You was in the wrong about this. Then we don't blow up about it. And so that all right there, all of that is ministry. All of that, how we respond to things, how we call in our friends um, about certain situations, all of that is ministry. And so um, even with ministry, I want to even hop to to worship because ministry is your lifestyle, but worship is also your lifestyle as well. And like I said, there's this image of like worship being like singing and praising God and falling out in the spirit and speaking in tongues. But especially in the black church, oh my gosh, no, especially in the black church, like you got somebody who can sing and they'd be like, thank you, Jesus. And someone's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I mean, yeah, you could be full of the Holy Spirit, you know, based off of what the person is ministering. But I feel like, now you know you didn't cast the spirit off that riff and that run. You just liked it. It just sounded good. Like, you know? So I think oftentimes we think that worship is music, but music is just a form of worship. Dancing is a form of worship. Singing is a form of worship because ultimately worship is a lifestyle. Worship is how you live your life just like ministry i think in this situation ministry and worship can go hand in hand in the sense of how you respond to people is worship because the bible says that in everything that we should do everything we do we should glorify him and so with that being said we worship god with our lifestyles so with the way we wake up in the morning dedicating our mornings to god that alone is worship the way we walk and we see a piece of trash and we just don't walk by. We actually pick it up and throw it away. That is worship. It's glorifying him in everything that we do. And that comes from 1 Corinthians 10 31. And that's it. So whatever, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so I can be honest when I say that there are moments where I'm not necessarily eating or drinking to the glory of God. What? Don't look at me like that. You know, you too, you too. Sometimes you don't do things to the glory of God. And it's true because like eating to the glory of God is sacrificing our desire to do whatever. Like, especially with food. I'm telling you, this generation, we are very gluttonous. We are very, very gluttonous because we like food. Every day, Instagram, every time you have the, the, the camera got to eat first. You know what I'm saying? Everything that we do, it has to glorify God. But it's kind of hard to do that sometimes when the gram got to eat first, when the mac and cheese is mac and cheesing and your lactose intolerance and God is telling you, stop eating that cheese, stop eating that ice cream, stop drinking that milk. You know, your body doesn't like it. Like even that alone. And I'm speaking because me too, I'm lactose intolerant. And so <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. I'll tell you most of the stuff that I say, I don't be saying it just to say it. Nine times out of 10, I'm saying it because it's my life and i've experienced it like i realized i was lactose intolerant very like early like man, high school college but i was still drinking milk i was still eating cheese and i was still doing all the th- because 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 you know it just makes sense so you know i was getting the bubble guts you know what i'm saying it was hurting my body a little bit but i was like you know what I'm, a milkshake is worth it but college made it really hard because why is everything got cheese in it y'all got potatoes it's cheese mac and cheese is cheese cheeseburger is cheese vegetables is cheese everything had cheese so i was like you know i can't really actually like not eat cheese and you know ice cream is a little too good to sacrifice until like my body actually started responding and was like stop and there was a moment i was like okay i'm gonna actually take this seriously and from there i started to glorify god god with the way that i ate by surrendering <laughs> how much how much cheese and how much ice cream and how much milk I ate as a lactose intolerant person. I'm not talking about cheese in general. So if you're not lactose intolerant, you're just eating cheese. I'm not telling you to stop. But as a person, knowing that my body does not resonate with lactose, or is it lactate? Lactose. Lactose. Knowing that my body does not does not cooperate with lactose, for me, 
giving glory to God would be respecting my body that he's giving me, taking care of it and recognizing, okay, I can't eat this or popping a lactate pill, which shout out to Adam put me on. It really actually gives you the, what is it? The lactate enzyme for you to break down the food. So you're not suffering the consequences of taking lactose. So even with that, that is giving glory to God with everything that you drink, everything that you eat, even sleeping. Some of us, we stay in bed, son, 2 p.m., 3 p.m., we are watching Netflix. 6 a.m., we are watching Hulu. Why? Why? And in, <laughs> I'm turning into an African when I say this, right? Like, why? There, there are things that we've become so used to these things. The way we live our lifestyle is very lax, is very lazy. And this generation, we hype it up because there's so many memes about it and we all do it. So we're like, oh, okay, you know, ain't nothing wrong with it. Or if something's wrong with it, I'm still gonna keep doing it. But there's a way to glorify God in the way that we even sleep. Like the fact that most of us sleep with our phones, it's kinda, it's kinda sad. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, especially this week, I've been thinking about how life was before we had all this technology, technology thing. And it's like, yo, people actually had sense. Like people actually had sense. Like we, they weren't so controlled by their devices like we are because literally every part of our lives is within our phones, is within our tablets and our emails. We can't even go a day without our phones. Like we're connected and we're plugged in all the time, but giving glory to God, even with your sleep looks like at the end of the day, recognizing, okay, I'm gonna put my phone aside. I'm put it on charge and I'm going to spend my last few moments of my day talking to God. And I'm going to spend this time with him, whether it's journaling, whether it's reading a book, I'm going to wind down with him so that I can get adequate rest so that I can get adequate sleep. And when I wake up, I can, I can function well, but many times, what do we do? We go to sleep on TikTok, TikTok, scrolling, 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 scrolling all day. And, and then we wonder why we have such crazy dreams. Like I'm telling you a lot of the dreams that you probably have that you don't even understand. And they're so weird is because of the content that you've consumed all day. And especially right before you sleep, if you fell asleep watching content on your phone, a lot of times it's going to show up in your sleep. And so you're having these bizarre, crazy, crazy dreams and imaginations, but it's because of the content that you consumed. And so a way to glorify God, even in your sleep, is to set that aside and be intentional with your, like, with your sleep with God. So dedicating your dreams to him. When you wake up in the morning, God, help me remember the dream. Um, if it's from you, I receive it. If it's not from you, I rebuke it. And, you know, have a morning routine with God. These are things that are glorifying to him. But we, we, we got to do better. I'm not going to lie to you. As a generation, we have to do better because we've got so consumed with ourselves. And we forget that worship is a lifestyle. Like our lifestyles are worship. And we forget that our, our lifestyles are also ministry. And so... Just because no one can see us doesn't mean that it's not happening, you know? And this is where integrity integrity comes in. Integrity is when you do the right thing even when no one is watching. So even when no one can see you feed the poor, even when no one can see you uh, donate money, like that alone is worship and no one else has to see that. Only God has to see that. And when God sees that, he's going to reward you. And so like, I want to bring up this verse. I don't know where it's from, but it says, um, God cannot be seen. Uh, no, God cannot be deceived. Do not be mocked. It's like, do not be mocked. God cannot be deceived. I feel like a lot of us these days deceive ourselves because we feel like, okay, God didn't see that. Or we feel like, I don't know. We feel like, we pretty much feel like this invincible. Sometimes we even feel like we are our own God to the point where we don't recognize that literally anything that you put out there, God is like literally God is watching and he blesses what is meant to be blessed and he curses what is meant to be cursed. Like, don't forget, like this is a deity, like this is God. And I think because he's so merciful and because he's so kind, we forget that God is just like God is just so just because you're like, just because it's not Sunday and you're not singing on the choir doesn't mean you shouldn't act right. When you're in traffic and you have road rage, you still have to act right. When the person cuts you off in traffic and almost gets you in an accident, it's not B-F-F-B-B-S-A-L-M-N-O-P. No, it's, I mean, you might have your moments of expressing your anger, but that's something we have to work on because that alone is still ministry. That alone is still worship. And if you don't want to give that to God in church, why are you giving it to God in the street? Like, 
just because it's not in the four walls doesn't mean that it's not still being given given to God. Like we curse all the time. We say like, oh, I swear, I swear this, I swear this. We cuss, we say all these things and we'll be like, oh, I wouldn't say that in church. Then why would you say it? Period. You know, like if you're not going to say it in church, why say it? Period. So I think we need to remember that the way we live our lives is worship. We need to remember that the way we live our lives is ministry. Even if no one is watching, everything that we do, we need to give God the glory. Because worship is living a life that is blameless and holy, or at least trying to, because we're humans. Okay, you know, of course, you won't do everything right. That's, I mean, you know, but it's the fact that we try to do so because we want to please God. It's not because I want to please you, but it's because I want to please God. And you know that it's worship when it's pleasing. The Bible says to um, cast your mind on things that are, think about things that are holy, that are precious, that are, yay. I don't want to, I don't want to paraphrase, but the Bible pretty much says to think about things that are worthy of praise. When you think about, when you set your, your thoughts on things above and not things below, it's easy to want to please God. But if you're so concerned about pleasing people, you will never succeed in this life. If you're so concerned about pleasing the person to your left and to your right, you're going to get stuck because the person to your left likes things a certain way and the person to your right likes things a different way. So if you're trying to please both of them, you're going to get stuck in cahoots. You are going to get stuck in cahoots, which is why your goal should never be to please a person, but to please God. And you can please God yeah, you can please a person by pleasing God. If that's if that's actually your concern, please God first. And no matter what, it is going to please somebody else. Like a lot of people are actually driven towards people who serve God wholeheartedly because it does something to them. Like they feel it. Like, I don't know what it is about you, but you just make me feel so warm inside. Like, I don't even know why I told you that. I never told anybody that, but there's something about you that makes me feel this way. And it, because because you're pleasing God, you're not trying to please people, you know, because you're worried about what God thinks at the end of the day, because God will not be deceived. And he knows that he's going to and, you know, he's going to reward you for what you put out there. People can't reward you for being good or bad. Like like when I told you when I went to the person and I apologized and I was like, oh, yeah, I saw you getting bullied and I'm sorry I didn't do anything. They were like, what? Like, even me, if I was trying to please him, I failed like, because he like he was just like, oh, OK. You know, it didn't matter to him, but I know that in that moment I pleased God because I didn't do what was right and I apologized. And so I know God is like, yeah, that's good. And he's probably like, oh, I don't care, you know? So you you really actually can't please people in this lifestyle. And like, oh, don't even get me started. Oh, I've stopped that. I think another thing about pleasing people, and I really, oh, thank God, God knew why, because I was thinking about making this podcast about people pleasing, but I see that it's found its way into here. Another thing about pleasing people is that people change. People change so much that it's it's nearly impossible to please people. Because today, I'm wearing this nice Kelly hair. You know, oh, sorry, my natural curly hair is nice. But yesterday, it was perms. People didn't like curly hair. And the day before, it was wigs. And so no matter what, things are going to change. Our taste and our preferences and the things that we want in life, they're going to change. And so... If you are stuck trying to please people, you will never be content within yourself because you're going to have to move with the motion of people. Something that makes somebody happy tomorrow is going to make them very, very upset. And that's the problem with this generation. We're too wishy-washy every day. Is this and then is this. Is this and then is this. So it's like, what do you actually want? And as humans, sometimes we don't know. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all. Who could even know? Like, the heart is so deceitful. Someone could be smiling at you, but behind the scenes, they're thinking, oh, I'm like, I can't believe you got this. You don't deserve this. I worked with you on this. I can't believe it. But they're smiling. The heart is deceitful. Who could even know? How would you even know that they're, they're thinking that? But do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked because God is the one who sees the heart. God is the one who sees the mind. He, he like literally reads your, your, your thoughts like in a typewriter. Oh, I hate this girl. Like, even though nobody can hear you or or like, God sees these things. God hears these things. 
and he knows. And so if you're that person that you feel like, man, I've been putting up a front. I've been doing all this and this and this and this in church. And everybody knows that. Everybody knows that I'm a I'm a I'm a big preacher. Everybody knows that I like to sing worship. It's okay to go to God and say, God, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a phony. I've been faking it. I've like, I mean, God would be like, Yeah, it's I, I saw you the whole time. I, everybody was falling out in worship, but you weren't in it. It's okay to say, God, you know what? I actually don't understand this verse and I'm not really rolling with it. It's okay. We need to be comfortable enough to go to the God who loves us and the God who cares for us and tell him, God, this, this, and this, and this. Because the thing is, he already knows. Like, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. He already knows. He already knows what's in your heart. He already knows what's in your mind. He already knows the thoughts that you haven't even had yet because he's been there. And that's the, that's that's why we have Jesus, because Jesus was God on earth and he experienced everything that we've gone through. He's experienced hunger. Like at this point, we can't ever say like, God, you've never been hungry, so you can't understand. Yes. Yeah. He's tasted hunger 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. Jesus went through that. He's tasted people within his friend group. One who betrayed him, Judas literally like stabbed him in the back he he knows what it feels like to be betrayed by the people who are closest to you he knows what it feels like to have someone defend you and go all hard for you even though you're chill like he was like peter you didn't have to cut off that person's ear and he restored it like you know what i'm saying like god was here as jesus and so don't think that jesus doesn't get you or the christian god doesn't understand you he created you. He's been here. He's here even in 2023. You might be thinking, oh, those are the olden days and all those. The, the Bible is so ancient. Like there's a reason why when you go to certain parts of the Bible, these things are manifesting now. Like the prophecies that are in the Bible are manifest. Like they're, they're actually happening in front of our faces. You can't tell me the Bible is not real. Whenever the things that it said over 2000 years ago is happening in 2023 like there's no way there's no way that and if if you listen to my podcast i think it's episode three or four where i had orek come and we talked about science and how there's a scripture in the bible where i want to say john had a vision that the moon was red um Ooh, it's not coming to me. There, there was a red moon and a star fell down into the water and then it made the water bitter. And, oh yes, please go back to the podcast because it explains everything. Right now, the moon is actually turning red because it's rusting. Now, at the time, John did not have the language to say the moon will rust, but he was saying the moon was red because in his vision, that's what he saw. He saw a red moon. But right now, scientists can see that the moon is actually rusting and it's turning into a copper red color. So the things in the Bible that was just a vision is physically manifesting now. And there was a time where I think an asteroid or a meteor hit waters and it made it bitter. Um, I think the Bible calls it wormwood. Well, I don't know if in person it was called wormwood. But these things are actually happening. And so it's very, very real. God knows what you are feeling. He's not an, he, he is an ancient God. But he's the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Which means he's already outside of time. So that means whatever he already proclaimed for your life is because he's already seen it. If he said that you were going to be successful, that's because he's already seen it. If he said that if you do this fast and if you pray and if you do this, then you're going to come out with this is because he's already seen it. And so we need to learn how to be transparent with God. We need to learn how to trust in him. We need to learn that everything we do is worship. It's not just what you do in church. It's not just when you go to the revival. It's not just when you feel in the Holy Spirit. It's not just in those moments. It's in everything you do. Because it's very confusing when you're out here speaking in tongues, but you go out and you, and you act like you don't even know Jesus. You forget that the Holy Spirit is actually living inside of you. It's very confusing 
when you're the first person to church every Sunday, but you're also the very the fast person. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you're a very fast person when you have Turk fest oh yeah you come you come try, 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 try. it's it's very confusing especially instagram bios i'm a proverbs 31 woman i'm an ephesians 6 man like we have all these bible verses in our bios but the the pictures you're posting the pictures you're posting are not much in the bio <laughs> Like, I've been deceived so many times. You know, I'll probably go to somebody's page. Oh, they're a Christian. And I see the pictures. I say, hey, we are Christian. Where? And so these things, a lot of people would say and see like, oh, we're judging. But it's not. Hmm, the Bible says that we should judge rightfully, but we should not condemn because that's not my place. It's not my place to tell you that you are going to hell for doing this. It's not my place to sentence you to condemnation based off of what I've seen. However, God has given me a right to judge rightfully with the discernment that he's given me, with the fruits of the Holy Spirit, with his mind and his heart. He's given me the ability to judge rightfully. So if I see your bio saying Jesus and this, this, this and the Holy Spirit and your pictures are saying devil. Hey, I have I have the right to know that there's an error 404 somewhere there. Now, whether I approach you about it. Holy Spirit, you know, guide me. There are moments where I just pray about it. Moments where Holy Spirit is just like, say something. O- according to the Holy Spirit is how I move in a situation like that. And so don't be quick to anybody that you see and they're saying, they're saying that they're a Christian and they're not showing it. You don't have to be quick and be like, oh, this, this, this. Move with the Holy Spirit because sometimes it needs to come from you. Sometimes it doesn't. So, yeah. Yeah. Worship is lifestyle. Worship is your lifestyle it's how you live your life ministry is how you live your life don't confine it to a pulpit don't confine it to church it starts with you it starts in your heart it starts with how you think because your thoughts turn into your words your words turn into your actions your actions turn into your lifestyle and worship is your lifestyle so if you're having negative thoughts attack it while it's still in here before it starts to manifest throughout your mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When something is in your heart, it's going to come out. If it's not in your heart, you won't say it. Even if you're just joking. If it's not in your heart, you wouldn't say it. So, our lifestyles are worship. Our lifestyles are ministry. And I see a comment that says, judgment first starts in the house of god that's true it's very very true we shouldn't go out and like judge people who are not in the house and i I mentioned that earlier like especially this pod i'm mentioning it specifically for children of god because we have a duty to each other to first of all to god to live up to the standard that he's called for us but then it's also if you love your brother or sister like and they're slacking you have the right to say hey What's going on? Hey, how can I help you? Hey, how can I pray for you? Hey, I noticed that you're not doing so well. Let me support you. But it's kind of hard when you're going out to people who don't believe in God and you're telling them the Bible says this, 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 and this. And how are you, how are you going to tell me to follow rules of your house when I'm not even in your house? I don't come to your house. Or maybe I visited your house and now you want to you want me to abide by your rules. Something like that. But hey, so. I mentioned that worship is living a life that is blameless and holy. It's trying. It's trying to be like Jesus. Now, I recognize we're not Jesus because Jesus was a 33-year-old man in uh, the Middle East times. And you're not a 33-year-old man in the Middle Eastern era. And you're not, you know, unless you are in the Middle East because, you know, I do have uh, some listeners out out there so shout out to you if you are a 33 year old middle eastern man but if you're not like me i'm a 22 year old african girl living in georgia i can't i physically can't be jesus however my part is to see the life of christ and even though i may not be in the exact situations that he was in i can place myself within his teachings 
I can learn his skills and how he addressed certain situations. And that can become my act of worship. So he went to the woman of the well, woman at the well. He he talked to people who were blind. He caused them to see. He prayed for people. He had conversations with outcasts. And so even though I, there's no well for me to go to where I could talk to somebody. And even though I, hmm, I was going to say maybe I can't, you know, make blind people see. But as a believer, God has given us the power to actually do that. Even if I'm not in the actual shoes and the in the in the sandals of Jesus, I can talk to outcasts. I can put myself in situations where I can portray Christ. People can taste that. Like fruits, you taste fruit. Fruit is not something you eat and you don't taste it. Every fruit has a taste. When you taste watermelon, you know it's watermelon. When you taste pineapple, you know it's pineapple. When you portray the fruits of the Holy Spirit, people can taste it. And they know that this is not just this is not just cucumber. You know cucumber when you eat it, it doesn't really have to flavor like that. When you taste something fruitful, the sucrose, even the sucrose, the natural sugar that's in fruit makes you want more. The fact that you're eating pineapple and it's so good and it's a hot day, ah, it makes you want some more pineapple. And so the fact that you have patience, people can taste that. The fact that you are so at peace with someone who is trying to give you trouble, people can taste that. The fact that you're gentle in situations that require sensitivity and delicacy, like people can taste that. And then they want to know how. And when they ask how, you explain Christ. Because Christ lives in me, because the Holy Spirit lives in me, I can have love. I can have joy. I can have peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control in situations where it doesn't even make sense to be patient. Like right now, you're pissing me off and it doesn't even make sense for me to be quiet. But because the Holy Spirit lives in me, I'm going to. I'm telling you, it's sometimes it's hard. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes it's so hard because even on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like if you listen to my podcast, you understand that I get tried a lot. Like, if you listen to my podcast and I share my personal experiences, you get to see that, like, People be trying me and I'm trying so hard not to become bitter. Like, please pray for me. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to like help me every time someone comes for me because I want to come back. That's my nature to like, you come for me, I come for you. But the Holy Spirit has done such a work in me that I'm able to like look and probably like laugh or not respond. But hey, this Sunday, hey, I was tried. This Sunday, I said, God. Hey, God, if I don't respond, I'm even crazy. If I don't say something, I'm even crazy. But the Holy Spirit had to take a hold of my lips and say, hmm. I even said a little something, something, but the Holy Spirit has to still do it work on me. Um, And later on, after I was away from the person that was aggravating me, I just, I went to a separate place. And I like screamed and I was like, God, God, I wish I could have said this, this and this and this and this. And then after I calmed down, I was like, okay, God, okay, I need to work on that. I need to work on that. I need to work on that. So worship is hard. Worship is not giving, giving response to things that would tear your character. Because sometimes people provoke you. Hey, am I preaching or am I preaching? Sometimes people will provoke you to get a response out of you or to prove your character wrong. So when people are trying you, it's almost like they're testing you. They're doing this to provoke you to see how you will respond. Whatever is in you, whenever you are tested, whatever comes out is a, is, is a direct re- result of what is in you, if that makes sense. And so Let's say you have a lot of anger in you and something pressures you, something um, something provokes you. If you, don't ha- if, you, if you don't do well, fury is going to come out. A lot of fire is going to come out. However, if you are filled with the love and the peace of the Holy Spirit, when something tests you, it'll come out as a nice marshmallow. It'll come out something nice. So whatever is in you, whenever it's tested, God can see what are you really made of? Because if it's fury that had, oh, hmm, hallelujah. If it was rage that came out of me, then it would have showed that that that, that anger is really consuming my heart. But I was able to see that, okay, this came out of me. So that shows that this is actually inside of me. I hope this is making sense to somebody. But yeah.
being tried by fire. It's not easy, but it's a great tactic on God's behalf. Like, it's a great tactic to see, like, are we really about what, what we say we are? Because, like, we'd be like, you know, God, I'll do anything for you. Oh, I, uh, I give myself away so you can use me. But the moment he's like, okay, well, please go and pray for that person that's sitting over there. You're like, God, the person that just cut me off in traffic? No, I'm not going to do that. But I, I thought I thought you gave yourself away. So now you're being tested. You're being tried. But you're proving that your words... And your actions are not aligning. We are being tried by fire. Especially this season, if you're fasting, you're going to get tried by fire. If you're a Christian, you're going to get tried by fire. If you're praying, you're going to get tried by fire. No matter what, you're going to be tried by fire. However you respond is a direct determinant of what is within you. So truly, truly, if let's say if you if you respond with the cussing and the, and the beeping and all that, then that just shows that that's what's in your heart and you can give that to God. And David said, he was like, try me, oh God, and test my, test my heart. Like David couldn't even trust himself that he said, God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you to clean me. I need you to purify my heart. I need you to check me because when someone else tries to check me, I'm going to check them right back. Okay. I'm going to check them right back. <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> Some of us, that's our energy. For me, even as you can see, it's a little bit of my energy. But God is doing a work so that whenever we do get tried and tested, we prove to be true. So how you respond to your very provoking parents is worship. How you dress is worship. Not just dress the church, but how you dress out your like. How you out? We outside. It's about how you dress outside. That's worship. How you put yourself together is worship. How you treat your siblings is worship. How you do things and not respect, sorry, not expect anything in return is worship. This is worship and it's it's not only pleasing to God, but it's pleasing to man too. It's not about pleasing man. It's about pleasing God. But you can tell it's worship when it is pleasing to God and, excuse me, pleasing to man. I'll end with this. Um, there's a verse that says, ooh, I'm telling you, when a thing is like, it's just coming off of the dome like that. But there's this verse that just says like, when... Mm, something along the lines of when the favor of God is upon you, that even your your even your enemies start to turn towards you. Ooh, I'm just gonna paraphrase. Yeah, when your life is pleasing to God, even your enemies start to favor you, and they start to see you in a different way and see you in a different light. So be very very mindful. That like, oh, I have to prove to them. I have to prove to them. I have to prove. You don't. Just prove to God. And when you prove to God, that alone starts to shift people's mindsets. Because it's not about pleasing people. It's about pleasing God. And that alone pleases people. I'm giving you shortcuts. I'm literally giving you shortcuts. If you actually, like, if your motive is pleasing people, please God. And that alone will please people. It's going gonna, gonna to upset some people too. But that alone is enough. And when you start pleasing God, you realize... Wait, what is people? What is man? What is man? It's about guards. It's about guards. Who is man? So I have a call to action. Okay? Because I want you to remember these ministry moments. I want you to remember these worship moments. My call to action is that you do something different, right? So I literally want you to like peep something that you do. That's probably not glorifying to god as you thought it was and literally write an action plan for what you're going to do different sounds like a lot but it's not something that you know is not glorifying to god and take it to god pray about it get a journal meditate on scripture about it and create an action plan for what you're going to do differently so for me personally i know this what i'm going to do is like because this is what i do i whenever my mom is talking sometimes i already know what she's saying like, so I'll cut her off and be like, I know, I know, because I know everything, you know. 
so whenever she's like talking, I'm like, I know, I know, I know. And I cut her off. And I realize it's probably not the most respectful thing. Oh, it's not. Um, so I think my own personal goal is that I'm going to stop cutting her off with the I know, I know, I know. Um, even if I do know, and I'm just going to let her finish. Um, nine times out of ten, she said a little something that, you know, I probably didn't know. Um, and I'll wait her out. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll wait and I'll listen to what she's saying. And then if I actually knew, I'll probably let her know, like, I got it. Like, I know. Instead of cutting her off. Because I, I just be like, oh, I don't want to hear it. Like, oh, you just talking, you just talking. So that's that's my own personal. I don't know what you're going to do. If, you know, comment below what it is that you're going to do if, if you feel comfortable. But, yeah. Something that you peeped is not glorifying to God and what you're going to do about it. Yeah. That's the action plan. Ready, set, go. Well, uh, this is the end of the pod. Thank you so much for tuning into the live version. So if you're listening to this afterwards, I went on Facebook Live and um, yeah. So I had people like tune in and drop some things in the comments, which is like really cool. But I'm going to post this on YouTube. You're going to also find this on Spotify and on Apple Podcast. So um, please visit my Instagram at Sabby Speaks, S-A-B-B-Y Speaks s-p-e-a-k-s yes please follow um and tune in to the next pod it's gonna be fantastic thank you so much for watching peace wait wait wait. this is sab and we're out peace quick shout out to auntie for the chat she helps me with the verses so the verses that i had mentioned was galatians 6 7 do not be deceived god cannot be mocked for whatever one sows he will also reap and then philippians 4 verse 8 says finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise think about these things thank you amen